Welcome to Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. We are two moms who are neighbors and friends doing a podcast from the closet. In this podcast, we're getting real about life, kids, womanhood, and all the stuff in between. So buckle up, buttercups, and join us on this roller coaster. We are burdened with technical difficulties from we're using, the start. So, we're using a grandpa computer. Yes, it very much is a grandpa computer. But I have faith that it will work. And He's like driving 55 in the left <laughs> lane on the freeway and everyone's passing him at 80. He's like, why is everybody going so fast around me? <laughs> so it's hopefully. been a long-ass day. Oh my god, I know. So I feel like I started my day and ended my day with you, which is kind of nice. I don't, I'm trying to remember child. the start of my day. Oh yeah. Pick okay. up my child. Can you take her? And, um, yeah, so this is Yesenia. Welcome back to Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. <laughs> Very unfiltered. We had a day. Let's just start with, um, how are you today? I'm exhausted. Same, same. Exhausted. But you know what I feel like today was just one of those days for me personally that, like, I was just so busy, but I also really found time to slow down and enjoy like little nuggets of the day, which is very rare for me, I think, to be able to slow down. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> what it was. Like, thank yeah. you so much for picking up my other nuggets of shit. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I really appreciate you. Thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I feel like life has been moving very quickly. And, oh, we're just like, you know, trying Day, Days do, and then more days and then more days and then more like days. They're never fucking They ending. just don't stop. We just keep having days, guys. They're like back to back to back. <laughs> yeah. Even like but, I feel like on Monday, which was yesterday, i did nothing i literally did nothing it was my first day of having nobody in the house the kids are back to school on a normal day rick went back to work and i literally did nothing well that's not true i had to do some things thought you had i had to go pick up my prescription because i have to get it endoscopy and colonoscopy oh, so yeah. I had to go get the thing that you drink but of course my insurance company's computers were down so they couldn't verify my, insur- my insurance so I couldn't get it and then I went to Target and I bought all of our family's fall but then I came home and I did nothing for like two hours and but that today just I feel like erased that I feel like I need another day of nothing yeah I'm so I tired that. I feel that because I had to work Saturday I did a wedding which was Super fun. I haven't done them in a long time. And I remembered why I don't do them, but I only did it because it's three of my clients that are in the same family that I just love dearly. But I felt like that just took up a whole nother day. So I feel like I got gypped on my weekend this week, you know, but it was really fun to be a part of a wedding. And I remember why I love them. And I'm also really glad that I'm not a typical wedding hairstylist Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's just so stressful. There is just so much happening that I feel like at the end of the day, and I was, I mean, I stayed a little bit longer because I know the, the family. So it was like, I just was the extra hand and the extra eyes and the extra, you know, like 
you forgot that box over there and I yeah. ran to go get it. And so I was able to help out, which I'm so grateful I was able to do that. But like I got in my car and I was driving home and I was like, that was so exhausting. I like, bet. It physically exhausting. and I was having different conversations with like the mother of the groom and it was just like a lot. Yeah. So it was like my work day on steroids because of the emotions of the actual day that's happening, right? So it was like but it was really great. I got to um, have some good conversations and just my bride was so beautiful. She was Aww. just it, it, like I just when she told me she was getting married and then she, she told me she found her dress. I knew Im- like immediately what kind of dress she picked. And but seeing it on her like it just was meant for her. I'll have to show you Aww. the picture. She was the most stunning bride. Um, yeah, so it was just fun to be a part of that. But I got gypped on my weekend. So, uh, yeah, I spent my Monday, like, really cleaning the house Yesenia style. <laughs> and um, I feel really good in here. It still feels really good in here. Yeah, it does. It's very clean. I, I mean, but it's like, you know, cleaning the shades and doing things like wiping down walls and yeah, the things baseboards. That and normal people don't do. The things that husbands don't do. Yeah. <laughs> like he does a great job of keeping things put tidy. away. Yes, tidy. That's right but too. like deep cleaning is my, my cup of tea. Yeah. It's like you, and you can, can feel the difference. Like put away all the clutter. Yeah. But under all the clutter, there's still dust on the counter exactly like <laughs> they don't see the dust exactly yeah yeah so i told him i text him i was like i am i there's a grime in this house i can feel and so i spent yesterday cleaning which was like to me that really does feel like therapy sometimes especially mm-hmm. when Gigi just kind of like keeps herself occupied she was actually helping me wipe down walls which was great she yeah and sometimes i feel fun. like i can't think clearly or like Until move on to the other things I need to do until things are clean. I, yeah. I second that for yeah. sure. It's like I have so much to do, but I cannot do it until things are clean. Yeah. By the way, what yeah. fall things did you get? No, a fall outfits for oh, our outfits. pictures. Okay. I didn't buy any and fall decor. by the way, I feel like we need to like <laughs> okay, circle clarify. back. Mm-hmm. No, circle back on our um, mom friends episode. Mom friends episode because I got a couple of comments from friends. I was yeah, like, but I actually do did. love, I actually do love decorating for holidays. And it's like, yeah, I know you do. And I've already known that. But this is for the people that feel like they have to do it just because it's the thing to post about. Yeah, we're not knocking the Halloween decor or the fall decor. If that's decor. your jam, go like, fucking I do it. I love it. I love yeah. to look at it. I love to drive Me around the neighborhood too. and see other people's decor. Like, I'm not the Grinch. <laughs> we're not the Grinch of holiday I be, season. I might be about some. But, like, but I want to see not. all your decor. But, like, sure. we're just saying, like, you don't have to keep up if it's not your jam. Exactly. Like, let it go. Exactly. Just don't do it because you feel the pressure and you yeah. have to do like it. If you genuinely enjoy it, please fill continue. your heart with that yeah. and do what you please. I, I'm just, yeah, I just wanted to clarify it. that. You know, I wasn't trying to knock anyone or do anything to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But also, if it did move a little something in you, maybe you aren't doing Investigate it for the right that. reasons. Yeah. So, you know, anything I say personally, this is Yesenia, is like when I when I personally say something or when I hear something and I'm like, oh, that didn't feel right. That's an invitation to myself to sit with why is this 
annoying me? Why did this bother me? Is there some truth in this for myself? Do I struggle with the same thing? You know, these are just open invitations. You can take them, you can leave them. And that's what we're here for. You know, we're here to have unfiltered conversations. Most of the things that we say are not, probably not offensive, but if you take offense to them, it's because there's something happening on your end, you know? Like For sure. I feel like the times I take offense to things is because I'm guilty of it sometimes. So, I, I mean, that's just my own yeah. personal standpoint. So, But we you say know, a lot of things. Like, I feel like we say a lot about things that um, we don't necessarily think. agree with. Like, I know religion's a big top, a hot for topic sure. for us, but, like, that doesn't mean that we don't respect other people who want to Absolutely have not. that view. No. It's just... Personal choice. Personal choice. Yeah. And it doesn't mean like we don't agree with other people's choices to completely sway the other direction. It's just do it for the right reasons. And yeah, if it's hitting a nerve in you, we're not, we're not sitting here trying to offend anyone, but if it's hitting a nerve, then it's probably because there's something a little deeper inside your own, you know, your own thought process. So just keep showing up, keep listening And, you know, take away from it what you want and what resonates and what doesn't. You can just leave it behind and just know that our intentions is just to create a space where we can share these things that are probably on a lot of our hearts and minds. And a lot of people just aren't talking about it because I know um, within even my own clients, when I bring something up that may be uncomfortable, people are like, oh, I didn't think that, you know. I didn't think to say something like that, but I mean, how are we ever going to grow if we don't ever bring up the things that are kind of sticky? Yeah. And I think it's impossible for us to sit here and talk for an hour every week and like not ever make anyone uncomfortable or talk (laughs) about subjects that are uncomfortable or like not everyone's going to agree with us. Like we can't be agreeable to everybody all the time. So maybe you do like, find some offense or whatever or just like disagree with us and that's fine we're not here why are we yeah we're just not here to be like liked by everyone we're just here speaking our truth and the reality is that you can learn a lot of things from people you disagree with and i don't think that always engaging in the things that you agree with that can be get a little bit boring you need to have conversations with people that Mm -hmm. are outside of your comfort zone in order to learn the the other side of things, you know? So imagine a world where you could sit and listen to someone that you completely disagree with and just listen with an open mind and a little bit of like, okay, I disagree with you, but that's your opinion and walk away from that. And like respecting each other, like imagine a world like that. Exactly. And respecting it. And that's the thing I think that we're all so connected more than we realize and if we just realize that people are operating out of their own truths and conditions and um beliefs they've been brought up and that a lot of that comes up from really dysfunctional places also so we i think if we just show each other a little bit more grace and understanding that we'll be better off and it starts with us understanding ourselves better and then with that you know we lead into our guest this week um Mary Vaughn, she is a mom coach and a, started off as a sleep coach and a sleeping coach for babies, I should Yeah, babies I should and toddlers, clarify. she's sleep coach. And um, 
you know, we took away some really great little nuggets of, of, uh, wisdom from her and it's so simple, but can be so overlooked. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think the word sleep coach, life coach, those kinds of things sometimes evoke an emotion of like, oh boy, like it's going to be hard. It's going to be structured. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all the things that I just can't do. And she really, I feel like let us down a path of like, it's not a one size fits all. So if those words immediately make you feel like that's too much structure, it wasn't structure at all. It was just advice. And she really focuses on what fits best for the person, not Absolutely. for every single And I mother. love that she brought that to the table. So yeah. this week, we hope you guys enjoy Mary Vaughn. You can find her on Instagram at Let's Mother Together. Yes. And um, we hope you enjoy this week. Follow us on Instagram too. <laughs> Let's Lemonade.unfiltered. Okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. Hi. How Can are you, you hear us? Yes, I got you. All right. Sorry, we are having a little different today. A literal shit show of a morning. <laughs> <laughs> we usually record together. This is the first time we're not. I had to be at work and then they just kicked me out of the office. So now I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> going to roll with it. So hi, Mary. I'm Yesenia. Nice to meet you. Welcome to Life's Lemonade. It's nice to meet you. You guys know I'm a little bit nervous to to be here, so I'm excited. No reason to be because we're just figuring it out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We're literally just, yeah, no professionals. We are just like on this ride and figuring it out as we go too. So no need to be nervous. Okay. Um, (laughs) So why don't you just like give us a little... Rundown. Uh, who is Mary? Mary yeah, Vaughn. what you do, who you are, all the things. Sure. So for your listeners, my name is Mary Vaughn. I am a life coach for moms and I got my start as a sleep consultant. And so I got into this place as a mom. I'm a mom of three and my husband was in the army for nine years. We wow. recently got out. So life has gotten considerably easier for us, but I got my start in this because I had just the most difficult start to motherhood that you might imagine. Like we had, I quit my job teaching. I was a teacher, uh, quit my job teaching to marry my husband. We moved to El Paso, Texas, where I had no network and no family and really not even any friends yet and no job. And so we just got pregnant because we had nothing better nothing to, do. to do. <laughs> so just went for it and had my first kid. And then we made this decision to have another kid really quickly. Cause we were looking at a deployment and was like, well, either we're going to have a baby right now, or we have to wait another nine or 12 months before you get back. And we didn't really want this age gap. And so we had our first two, 18 months apart. And then a third, two years later. So we had three boys, four and under for a little while, wow. uh, without any real support system. And so I got my start professionally because I just was lacking any kind of fulfillment for me. Like, you know, life was very much a hamster wheel and it was dark. You know, I know you guys have talked about a lot about Mm -hmm. postpartum depression. And I think that I really was there for like four or five years because it just, we never caught a break. And so this business starting out with sleep was like, well, I was so passionate about sleep because it made my life bearable. Like I just could not have done the things that I was doing and survived without my kids sleeping. And so 
I started out, I just really wanted to share that with other people who, you know, sleep is good for everybody and I can wax on forever about sleep. But really quickly, it was like, you know, my favorite part of consulting was just talking to moms. And that was where coaching came in. I was like, I just want to, I just want to help. And whatever that looks like for different people, it might be sleep, it might not be sleep, but I just really like that my whole job now is walking with moms as they get out of survival mode. That's and amazing. That's, yeah. That's, that's my that's whole life kind of support now. that people need. What, how did you like start the training process? Like, did, was it just trial and error for you or were you just like a sponge and soaking up all the information you could, or did you take a training yourself? Like, how did you get trained or how did you train yourself? Right. So I, I like to think that I have a natural coaching ability. Like, I think I'm pretty relatable. I can talk well, to you're people. you're a teacher. I'm, so yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> And a good listener and all of the things that you have to be to be a coach. But I did take a certification course. I'm certified through the Parent Coaching Institute. Okay. And it was a year-long program. I had to do 100 hours of practice coaching. It was rel- It was pretty rigorous, really, as far as getting kind of a stamp put on my business. Right. And I learned a lot. And I really genuinely bet. Like, there are some programs out there that were just like, here's your stamp of approval. You can go be a coach now. This was, this was really time-intensive and incredibly valuable for, for me as a coach. And so right. was really excited to wrap that up and actually launch my coaching business That's on the official side. <laughs> How did you uh, go about putting yourself out there to get your first like uh, person? Like, how do you, how do you even do that? Like I can teach your baby to sleep. Cause I have never done that. I've, I'm like one of these moms that has said like, my kids will sleep when they sleep. I don't have the time to carve out two specific hours to nap. So my kids are nappers in the car. They're cat nappers at home. I mean, Kiara knows my struggles with my toddler, wherever she is, but it's just like, I just, because I have big age gaps, I've never been able to like be home. So I would like have to go run out and pick up a child while the other ones, you know? So yeah. I, we, I feel yeah. like are complete opposite because I am the nap queen. Like my <laughs> son I would miss the most important thing for him to have his nap every single day. Like there was no, no missing it. But I feel like I was the same as you. It's like, if I'm not sleeping, then the world does not need me if I have not slept. And that includes making sure that my children sleep. So yeah, it's funny that you guys represent both total ends of that spectrum. And I hear that from people all the time that like, I have people who just can't commit to schedules. And when you have multiple kids, you really can't, you can't promise that you're going to be home for naps every day. Um, but I was also with our first, I was the way you are, like had to be home for naps. We skipped anything and everything to make sure that my child was napping. (laughs) Um, but what I really try to do for people is create a little bit of balance. There are some consultants out there for like your kids should nap at this time and this time, and this is when bedtime should be. I really don't want moms to be obsessed the way I was. I want people to have a healthy perspective on sleep and their kid will sleep when they sleep and you can go live your life and get out of your house. You don't have to be nap trapped all the time. Um, especially yeah. on the is that, is that a term nap trapped? Yeah. So yeah that's for like that's being, what I would like, consider a child. Yeah. But I would call it just being stuck at home or yeah. whatever you're doing. Um, gosh, when we had two kids and one was taking two naps a day and one only needed one in the middle of the day. So I would like the younger one would sleep in the morning. My older son would sleep in the middle of the day and then the little one would need another nap. And so we just wouldn't leave the house. And that's ridiculous. (laughs) That's insane. And so I don't want that for other people. So 
I kind of just like toss out an 80, 20 rule, like shoot for 80% of the time that your kid should sleep in their sleep space on time, more or less. And then the other 20% of the time you should go live for life and yeah. live your, get out, go do the things. See, I think I break all the rules. I'm so old school. and I'm so like, maybe because I just like learned all my mothering and napping and all that stuff from my sister who was like, put a baby on the boob, go do the things you have to do, uh, co-sleep. I, I, I think I've done all the things you shouldn't do, but it's oh, just there's what no works, but, it but it's just what works, you know, it's just yeah. like, it's just what works for me. So I'm just like, oh, I'm still trying to get a absolutely. toddler out of my bed. Yeah, no. And I wouldn't, that's the kind of thing I think because I followed the sleep consultant hashtag on Instagram, I see a lot of anti-sleep consultant content. Uh There are a lot of people who have a lot of misinformed ideas about what we're about. And Mm -hmm. it's, so I just, I am always, I'm perpetually trying to pitch myself as kind of the anti, I just want to be a reasonable person and and a reasonable mom. People figure it out. What works for you? Like if you want to co-sleep and you want to nurse and you're so happy with it, then there's no reason to talk to a sleep consultant. Right. Like don't, don't fix what ain't broke. So who are the people that are coming to you? Like what, what does their, are they coming to you? Like just broken, sleep deprived. Um, I'm falling apart because I don't have the sleep. Yeah. Yeah. How do they find you? Instagram? Um, you know, interestingly less Instagram. I got my start when my youngest or wasn't my youngest. I don't remember which kid it was who I was in a online due date group with other moms do at the same time. And I was getting started and I was like, Hey, I'll help you sleep train your kid for 50 bucks. I'll work with you for a week yeah. and we'll get your kid sleeping. And so I had a bunch of moms talk to me. for the first couple wow. months. Yeah. I was like, I just want business. I want word of mouth. Yeah. I want reviews. And so I would work for pennies just to get yeah, some really. word of mouth generated. And yeah. that's really has been the most effective thing for me has just been word of mouth. When people come to you and they're like having this issue over sleep, or mothering, what's the biggest mistake that they're making or the biggest thing that they could just tweak that would make things so much better, but they're so thick in it that they can't see it. What's Mm -hmm. like the most common thing that you see that they come to you with and you're like, oh my gosh, just fix this small thing and your life will be so much better. Yeah. So if it was sleep related, it's definitely, it's either just their schedule is bananas and totally not in a, it's totally inappropriate for their child's age. You know, they're either taking like four naps a day and they should be taking two or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. of course they're waking up a million times a night. Like they're right. not tired or it's, it's usually either nursing or feeding to sleep, which if it's working, don't change it. But a lot of times it's not working. And that's when like, I would never sell somebody something that they don't don't want, don't need, but that's the other half. It's half schedule, half your kid needs to figure out how to sleep without a boob. See, that's, I think that's what happened with me is that I realized at some point my babies were just using me as pacifiers. And that was actually what stopped me nursing them. It was like, Oh, you're just using me. You don't need me anymore for sustenance. Like I'm done. Yeah. And actually our youngest nursed until gosh, he was like two and a half. I just couldn't couldn't get rid of them. And Cause you know, it's the last one. <laughs> yeah. I think both my kids at 12 months old, were still nursing every three hours through the night. Yeah. And at some point I was like, you don't need this. You want it. And I'm exhausted. So I stopped with both my kids like a little after 12 months because they had just gotten so used to just using me as a pacifier, even though they both used pacifiers. <laughs> But right? You were the better. Better. <laughs> you were the better one, though, mom. 
yeah. What age do you recommend kids napping till? Because I feel like my daughter stopped napping at two and a half. Like I yeah. would put her in her room and she would just destroy it because she was like in there not napping. And then my son, I think he napped till about three and a half, four. But what age do you think? Because God, I would just love it if they would still nap. And I have I friends who have kids that are like six and seven and they still nap. And I'm like, how? So what's like a normal age for kids to stop mm-hmm. this? That's a good question. It really, like like you have noticed in the wild, it, it really does vary. I wish I could even give you like an age. But the thing with kids, especially toddlers, they only need so much sleep. And some kids only need like 10 hours a day and other kids need 14 hours a day. And if you've got one of those great sleepers who I would never, oh my gosh, don't drop the nap if you don't have to drop the nap. If it's not like, if you're not having bedtime battles and your kid is trying to stay up all night and they're not waking up a million times and they're not waking up at five in the morning, keep the nap, have it both ways, have your cake and eat it too here. But if you start to have like your kid fights bedtime and you just can't get them down or they're up a gazillion times and they shouldn't be that's when it's usually it's like, I'm, I hate to tell moms that it's time to drop nap. I hate, and I try not to, I'm like, let's shorten it first. Let's see if we can keep yeah. a little bit before I tell you that it has to go. But that's the, like, oh, that's my least favorite. That's the last is, resort. Yeah. Yeah. And now you brought up uh, bedtime battles. Like what, what are examples of bedtime battles? So it can look like just not being it looks like them fighting and it looks like tantrums, but really they're just not tired. And but what if can, you know, is it so they're so tired that then they're fighting about everything? Cause I still deal with that with my nine-year-old. I'm like yeah. this, this prolonging the bedtime, you know, what time your bedtime is like all of a sudden you're hungry. All of a sudden you have a stomach ache, all of a sudden, all these things like, does yeah. that ever end? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> When I think of it, I think of toddlers and like the six and under crowd okay. who want one more story and suddenly mm-hmm. are just going to die of thirst if they don't have another yes. sip of water <laughs> and they come out 800 times just to like see what you're doing. Yeah. And, and you it's like, how come and you're not going to sleep? <laughs> go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Go to bed. Exactly. None of your how business. Do you, how do you deal with those, um, the, the procrastinators in six and under? So it's really different, obviously, for like a two-year-old versus a six-year-old. One of my favorite things with big kids, five and up, would be to do a token system and you give them two or three, depending on the kid, tokens at bedtime. And if they can hang on to them until morning, then they get to trade their tokens in for a prize. Um, But if they come out of their room at all, even if it's for water, even if it's for a hug, they have to trade out one of their tokens. And yeah, so hug. Oh, I just want to give you one. Yeah, more no, yeah. no, you can have hug, <laughs> but I'm going to take one of your tokens back. And so like, of course you make sure their love buckets are full before bed and you're not depriving your kid. They're not really thirsty. They don't really need anything. Right. Make sure their needs are met, of course. Right. But after that, if you can incentivize them to say, I'm a big fan of rewards. I don't personally have any qualms about rewarding my kids for doing the things that I'm trying to encourage. Right. So that's one of my favorites for older kids who are able to process that like delayed gratification. Yes. You know, it's like, Oh, I really want that thing. So right. I'm like, do you want the marshmallow, one marshmallow now or three later? <laughs> yeah. So that's one of my favorites for older kids. Um, but that's otherwise, sometimes it's, yeah, I feel 
And I saw you talk about this a little bit on Instagram about anxiety at night. And I feel like that's my nine-year-old. She has so much anxiety. Um, and it comes out at bedtime when she's alone in her room and she, all of her thoughts come flooding in. So she is my, like, I mean, even since, since she was like two years old, like if I let her stay up till three in the morning, she will stay up till three in the morning because, and I, it, I think it's anxiety. It's not yeah. that she's not tired because she's not. So sleeping. what are you doing for her? She's got like five night lights, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and I do like go in every night and sit with her and make sure that if there's anything that she needs to talk about, but I don't know, she's just an anxious kid. And so and on this note too, I also saw you talk about melatonin a little bit, which is like, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. I That is my like current, current soapbox. <laughs> yeah, so I have a friend who was telling me a few weeks ago that she's been giving her son melatonin every single night since he was like two. And I was like, oh my gosh, because I have read that it's a hormone. It's So I have given my kids melatonin, not since they were babies, but like, we'll do it maybe the week before school's starting yeah. for summer to get them back on their sleep schedule, um, but not prolonged. And okay. so- I recently, maybe a few weeks ago, went and bought melatonin because I'm like, I don't understand why you're not sleeping. Like she's getting sent to the health room because she looks so exhausted, <laughs> not sleeping at night. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nothing, like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, right. I, I mean, there's something she has anxiety, but so we did start that. But again, like that's not a long-term solution. So what do you, what do you say to moms who have kids who just don't want to sleep at night because of that anxiety and right. That is its own. I mean, I would probably first refer to either your pediatrician or therapist if it's like clinical anxiety. And one of our kids is diagnosed with anxiety. Unfortunately, it doesn't affect his sleep. It affects the rest of his life. But fortunately, it hasn't been. So I would absolutely refer out. Like I'm not a medical professional. I'm not going to pretend to be. But some of my favorite tools, and even gosh, I think about myself. Um, when I'm having a hard time sleeping because of my anxiety, I listen to bedtime stories. My husband hates it because he will listen and he won't fall asleep because he's too engaged <laughs> into the story. <laughs> Even if it's, you know, it's um, Audible has like the bedtime, like the really boring stories that are just yeah. meant to put you to sleep. I love those. One of them is like reading, basically reading a cookbook. And I think it, like it's so dull, puts me right to sleep. But my husband is like, tell me more about <laughs> how to make the perfect stock. And, That's hilarious. <laughs> but I love that. And it just is enough to draw like draw my brain out of itself and relax. And so that would be probably my first recommendation for a kid with anxiety. That or uh, like check with your pediatrician, but a weighted blanket is amazing, amazing for just kind of like calming your nerves and making you feel more grounded and secure. That's a but, really good suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. The stories are probably my number one though, because I know I do it personally and have seen a lot of kids who, um, have you seen the Moshi app? They do bedtime stories for kids. Um, How do you I haven't spell it? it personally. M-O-S-H-I. I haven't used it personally, but I have clients who have. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I use insight timer for, um, like guided meditations for sleep and they have, they have kid ones on there too. So they have like good stories. I don't know if you've tried those Kiara, but those actually work really well. I use the Peloton app. They do meditations and those work so good. Um, I'm sure lots of moms can relate to this, but we have like, I have, 
essential oil rollers. I have the weighted blanket <laughs> right. with her dog. Like she sleeps with her light on at night, if that's what, yeah. but like, yeah, I think the biggest thing is consistency. And at the end of the day, I'm sure you get a lot of moms that say this. It's like, at the end of the day, you're done. Like I don't have 20 more minutes of patience to put you to yeah. bed. I've done so much today. So yeah, I do think like there are things that work, but then it's just like that. It's like at the end of the day, it's like, just go to bed. Like, right like, now. Yeah. So, at at one point I used to tell uh, Malaya, I used to say, I, if you come in one more time, I'm going to lock this door and I would just lock my bedroom door and just, that was it. Cause I knew, like you said, all her needs were met. She wasn't hungry. Yeah. She didn't need water. She didn't need all the other things, but I just needed her to like, know that she wasn't going to come in my room for one more thing. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is, it feels so hard to draw that kind of line. Cause it's like you, that, that mom guilt just kind of pulls at you. Like my child is on the other side. But and then again, I started saying like, unless you're vomiting or you have diarrhea or you, you're like something don't come in my room anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was it's like that's such a kid by kid and a mom by mom like you know your kid better than anybody else and you know if their needs are met and you know you know yeah. if they're if they need to just figure this out and go to sleep yeah. or if there's something going on and so, so with your one-on-one -on -one clients like when do you know you've done your job like what is the thing that you know when we reach this point I'm done here I like we're good Hopefully their kids are sleeping all night, um, especially big kids. I really do work almost, I work more with toddlers than I do with babies. Yes. Interesting. I think most consultants have a big baby business, but I have managed to rack up just like loads of toddlers. So in that case, I would definitely be sleeping all night, ideally. Um, yeah. But so I can't, obviously I can't make promises. And that's one of the hard things as, and I see programs that make guarantees I don't make any flat guarantees about anything because I don't know if people are going to listen to what I tell them. I was going to say that, I mean, you can only make a guarantee if you have a, a client that's willing to follow everything yeah. as it is, because it's yeah. like giving a diet plan. If someone cheats at night and has their bowl of ice cream, right. but they're telling you they're doing all the things and it's not right. working, then so I can't, I would love to. And so what I do promise people is measurable progress. Yes. Fewer wake-ups, faster bedtimes, later mornings, literally like measurable, whatever we can measure. Um, I have never had a client who didn't make any progress right. at all. Yeah. And so I can, I can pretty confidently promise that, but I can't make you a, your kid's going to sleep all night promise because you just don't know. <laughs> and the reality is if people are coming to you, that means they're willing to do the work. People aren't going to come to you if they're not right. willing to do the work and they're spending money and that's an right. energy exchange. They have some so, skin in the game. If exactly. they pay for it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, I was telling my husband this about coaching because he was talking about how he gets frustrated that um, there are coaches everywhere for everything. And like people just decide to become a, co a life coach and all of a yes. sudden they're life coaches, you know, and, but at the same time, I said, you know, if someone's willing to take the courses for one and pay for that, for them to become coaches, that's the one thing. But then if someone pays for this coach, they're going to be more committed than if they're just watching YouTube videos on their own to learn to do these things. Like yeah. you have to, you have to invest in it. Otherwise it you're not going to take it seriously. Yeah. In a lot of ways, that's a lot of what coaching is, is a little bit of accountability. It's yeah. 
it's putting support, like I said, skin in the game. It's putting some money into something. And it, sometimes that really is enough to kick people's butt into, into gear, whether it's sleep or parenting, whatever it is, they, they really do want to see change. They just need to put something into it. And and, and so sometimes when you're so in that problem yourself, you can't think outside of it. You just need like a fresh brain to yes. come in and give you a different yes. perspective. Yeah. So I like, that is funny that your husband says that. Cause I had the exact same perspective. It's like, what the heck is a life coach? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody can be a life coach. Yeah. But if people are willing to, if people receive your message and yes, and be, like trust you, yeah, that was what it, and that has become my whole, it's like, I, I want to help moms get out of survival mode. That is, <laughs> yeah, that's my whole life is I want to help as many moms as I possibly can love motherhood. Yeah. I want you to enjoy your days. I want you to be joyful. I want to, and I want you to be happy at the end of your day yeah. and look back and feel gratified by whatever your situation is. Yeah. That is all I want. And for a lot of people it's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and a yeah. lot of people like, you know, my, my most, like my best clients, I don't want to say best clients, but my, the clients who have had the greatest change, it's always something really small Mm -hmm. that has just shifted their entire outlook on Mm -hmm. parenting and uh, like on their lives. And sometimes it's like, you know, I had somebody just today who said, her goal, she came in and she was like, I just want both of my kids to get the same. I want to be able to spend the same kind of time with my kids. And I want to do all the same things I did with my oldest. I want to do that with my youngest. I want to parent them the same. And I was like, you're not going to. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And you can yeah. release that right now and give yourself permission mm-hmm. to be a different mom than you were four years ago. I and think a different that's parent. the key word though, like you said, permission. I think, yeah, the expectations that we put on ourselves as mothers is, I can say the same thing with my oldest. I did a lot more things. I volunteered in her classroom. I, and I feel guilty that I haven't done that with my middle daughter, but it's also like life has just been so different. <laughs> different life. And I think, yeah, I never gave myself the permission to just mother her the best that I can at this moment where I am now, not looking at what I was able to do back then. Yeah. Yeah. It's always just these like nuggets of something that comes out of coaching. And so it's funny, like it is a, the process coaching is this process and we spend weeks together talking about things. And of course I hope people come out with routines and systems and habits and all of the things that they came in wanting, like they're seeking results. They're seeking, they want more organization or they want to manage their time better. But really the most significant changes once they're in the door Mm -hmm. are these little things that come up and that really stick with It's like, yeah, did you come up with like a chore chart? That's awesome. But did you also like give yourself permission to enjoy your kids? Then that's even better. Oh yeah. That's so great. No, I'm just, I'm taking it in. (laughs) I'm taking it in. Pondering my nine years of mothering. Um, I know. I feel like I get stuck in that with my, with one child. I mean, I have two kids, but with my daughter, especially the first five years of her life was like, I was in a very deep postpartum anxiety and depression. And when I came through the other side, it's very hard to like take that and switch your mindset. Like I feel I had such a good bond with my son because I didn't have those problems with him. And so it's like, how do you 
it's almost like forcing this bond that you missed out on. And I think that is like a big takeaway is like, just give yourself permission to not force those things and to just be able to change your mindset and be like, wait, I don't need to like make up for lost time. I don't need to like rekindle something that I feel like I missed, like just do it differently and move forward. Right. Okay. So I think we've gotten to a little bit of nuggets that we can, our listeners can take away is one, give yourself permission as a mother to enjoy your children, give yourself grace on just being present. Right. What else do you think we can offer our listeners that are having a, a, a hard time, um, either with the, with the whole scheduling thing or just how their minds are about the expectations? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, oh, hold on. I want to make sure that I organize my thoughts and say this well. Two, so twofold things. I think yeah. the time is like time and the organization of life is one thing. And then I think there's the expectations. And if moms could, and I did this, when I was looking into coaching and decided to become a coach, it actually came about because I was Googling, I was over here type typing away, looking for somebody to help me fix my problems and to tell me, give me the manual to parent these kids better because (laughs) I'm clearly doing it wrong. I am missing something that everybody else knows. Yeah. What am I missing? I just wanted somebody to step into my life and give me a to-do list Mm -hmm. to fix everything. And I just, I thought maybe somebody out there had all the answers and what I got when I ended up pursuing coaching as a result of this Google search was, was that you can't fix your kids. They're not machines. They're not. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the answer together. I wanted. Okay, Mary. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've been given these very real little humans who have things like anxiety and who have different love languages and who need mm-hmm. different things from you from day to day and month to month and certainly year to year that the best you can do is just respond to their needs in that moment mm-hmm. and let and go of the other yeah. things. Yes. Yeah. Just like love your kids right where they are. Mm-hmm. And that is very difficult to do. Yeah. It can be, especially with those kids. And I know most of us have one maybe who like stretches your love as far as it mm-hmm. can go before like, <laughs> It doesn't break. It doesn't I love break. how you're saying love and not patience. They stretch your patience. <laughs> right? like, I love gosh, it. I love it. Stress. No, because my patience will absolutely snap. But my yeah. love. <laughs> um, and so that's like, that's the biggest thing I think as parents that I needed to learn. I needed to learn that. That didn't come on the day of my first son's birth. No one was like, he's going to be really difficult and you're going to learn a lot. Nobody told me that. And so that was something I had to experience and kind of be told. It just took time to shift that piece of my brain. Yeah. I Um, I think that's why these conversations are so important because I think the more new moms here, you know, us moms that have already gone through this a little bit in different waves, sharing our own experiences like it just gives you so much relief knowing that someone that looks like they've got it together in parenting actually like goes and sits in a corner sometimes and cries you know because it's frustrating sometimes as a coach I am not an expert parent I am not the perfect parent I do not get it right all of the time yeah but 
my favorite analogy is that like a coach isn't the best player or they would be on the field. They are there because they can see, see a great player yeah, and they can pull out their strengths and they can grow those strengths and help kind of challenge and improve. Mm-hmm. And so working with parents, it's like, I can see how much good you have, even if you don't see it. Like I see all of those strengths within you and let's yeah. pull those out and build on them yeah. and make you the best parent that you can be on the field. I'm not getting it right hundred percent of the time. I don't have all the answers, but I can still help you. Right. <laughs> and, and sometimes you need that outside person to really help you see how wonderful you already are. Absolutely. We are absolutely our own worst critics and we are so hard on ourselves as parents that just having somebody validate you is so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. So if you could, um, I mean, I, I like to ask our, our guests this question so far, I've kind of made it a thing. So I, I think if you could give our listeners one piece of advice to live their most unfiltered, in this case, mom life, um, what would you say? Oh, um, oh my gosh, that's a great question. I, you should have passed me this one before. I, I <laughs> no, you can't think about it. It's got to be unfiltered. Here. <laughs> Best mom advice I have is to hug the shit out of your kids. Oh, I love that. Like I can't, there's, I could tell you all kinds of things and give you hot tips, but like, just like go hug those kids. I I love that so much. And it's a little more profound. That is is very profound. There are kids that don't get hugged. Like they're the, their parents' schedules are so busy and they just did their, they didn't grow up that way. And it's passed mm-hmm. down generationally that it's just not the norm, which is crazy. Cause like we're huggers yeah, <laughs> we're definitely got all day, the generational, like mm-hmm. if you guys want to talk, like I can talk about generational <laughs> parenting. We'll have to schedule a, a round two for that one. <laughs> I could talk about that all day, but I, every single day try to tell my kids, like, I love being your mom. I am so lucky that you, that you are the kid I was given. I love to be your parent and I hug the shit out of all of them. I love all that. The- I think that's a, a great place for us to, to leave this conversation. Thank you so that's much. So Mary. Yeah, I know. I feel like we need more time. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you so that they can come and seek out your help if they need it? Yes, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at let's mother together. Uh, L-O-T-S, M-O-T-H-E-R, T-O-G-H. That's, oh my God. That's all I can do on the spot. Let's mother <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, write that out for them. Um, but yeah, I'm on, on Instagram. I am a stories girl. You find me on my stories all the time. Okay. And um, but yeah, I'm in my DMs. Never hesitate to reach out to me. And I love it. I love, please, please just come chat with me. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for telling us about what you do. And I'm so happy that you have found something that you can share with people because honestly, it's sleep should not be overlooked. And there is just <laughs> never like never an abundance of too much support for no. moms. Thank you for letting me share with your followers. I love this. Thank oh. you so much, Mary. It was, we'll chat again soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Life's Lemonade Unfiltered. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at lifeslemonade.unfiltered. And remember, lemon drops, be kind, stay curious, live unfiltered.